We've just come off the back of this uh, series that we've been in called um, uh, God of the Ages. We've been looking at the character of God together, particularly uh, looking at Exodus 34, 6 to 7, um, uh, which you all know is the Lord, the Lord, the gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness maintaining love to all generations, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. So that is the memory verse that you've all learnt, which is really good. Well done, guys. Um, uh, And we are going to kind of have three people reflect on what for them is kind of they want to draw out as like the character of God. What is he like? Um, uh, How do people interact with him? What do they understand to be true about him as revealed in Scripture? Um, And so these three have prepared over the last month or so. I'm going to speak today. Just before I introduce our first speaker, um, what this is, this um, kind of speaking up front requires an incredible amount of courage and bravery. Um, uh, And these guys have prepared and worked hard being able to serve you this evening. So I would love for you to lean in um, uh, and to kind of give them lots of encouragement, kind of smile at them maybe. Um, That'd be nice. Um, like a little haha, even if their joke's not funny. I know you don't do this for me. I know that I don't need this, Grace. Um, but even if their joke isn't funny, can you laugh? Can you be like, oh my goodness, that was so good? Something like that. Um, or if they make a good point, amen, lots of encouragement and cheers. Is that okay? Yeah, bro. So um, our first speaker for this evening is our very own Meg Jones. Woo! I have just finished watching Friends for the first time. And as much as I don't want to admit it, I can relate to Ross Geller. No, I'm not a paleontologist and I haven't been divorced three times, but like Ross, I get angry too fast. If you haven't watched Friends, there are plenty of examples I could give to try and explain this. But there's this one time where someone at Ross's work um, eats his Thanksgiving leftovers sandwich. And when the guilty colleague confesses, Ross is absolutely fuming and he cannot deal with it. Now, as much as I'd enjoy just to sit and watch that episode with you all, what I really want to talk about in the next few minutes off the back of the series we've been in is how I've found myself watching Netflix and relating more to Ross Geller and his temper than to the character of God, slow to anger, gracious, compassionate, as we've been hearing about on Sundays. We have been journeying through a teaching series on the character of God, looking at Exodus 34, verses six and seven. And as each talk has so brilliantly unpacked a different aspect of God's character that we read about in these verses. One of my biggest reflections has been, and the point I want to make today is how I am so different to God. And what I want to suggest is that you are too. God is so perfectly compassionate, loving, gracious, slow to anger, And when I hear that list, I can't help but hear how often I am not those things. Now, what I am not saying is that we are all absolutely awful and not in any way compassionate or gracious, 
because I absolutely believe that by the grace and spirit of God, we can and we do reflect these attributes of God and that we are all invited to grow in each of these attributes through the work of the Spirit on our journey of being formed more and more into the likeness of Jesus, which we will return to at the end. But when I think about my own life, it can often feel like there's a long way to go. I just passed my driving test. Um, Thank you. Um, Three driving instructors, too much money, and one miraculously perfect parallel park on test day later. Thank you, Jesus. I passed my driving test. I remember growing up hearing preachers from the front talk about road rage and how that was an area where everyone needed to do better. Not being a driver myself, I didn't really understand what all the fuss was about. Similarly, my husband Tom has been my private Uber for the last six years. And I won't lie, I occasionally sense some road-related anger rising from the driver's seat. And because of my commitment to his formation, obviously, um, I would gently remind him of the call to become more like Jesus. (laughs) Silently or not so silently, judging him for how quick he'd been to rage. But guys, what I'm here to confess today is as soon as I got that blue pass certificate, it came for me. (laughs) I have a serious road rage problem. But for real, both on the roads and in so many other situations and relationships, much like Ross Geller, I am not slow to anger. But here is the good news. Jesus is. I think of the time in Matthew 9 where Jesus had just got a boat to the other side of a lake and was met by a massive crowd that had gathered around him when a synagogue leader came to Jesus and pleaded with him to come and save his dying daughter. And so Jesus goes with the synagogue leader and the crowd followed them. On their way, a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years came up to Jesus and touched his cloak, desperate to be healed. And how did Jesus respond? In his compassion, he healed her. And he meets her with the words, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Jesus is literally surrounded by people. He is on his way to bring healing to someone who desperately needs him. You could say he has a lot on his plate. But here we see just how interruptible Jesus is. It makes me wonder, how would I have responded to that woman? When I'm busy, when I'm juggling competing priorities, I find it hard to be patient, let alone extend compassion to those around me. Maybe you can relate. But here Jesus keeps his call. And not just that, he shows culturally radical compassion. So, our character is often so different to God's. 
The question is, how do we respond to that? Now, I think there are two main ways we could do this. Number one, we could wallow in a hole of self-pity. Um, I'm so rubbish, I don't come anywhere close, where do I even begin? And now I say that flippantly, but I know that that space, that um, is a reality for so many of us. So we could wallow in a hole of self-pity, but I don't believe that that's what God wants for us. Rather, I believe what God is calling us to is this, to respond to the invitation to become more like him whether that's for the first time or the millionth time. To shift our perspective from one which is inward looking and self-critical and says, I'm the worst, to Holy Spirit, come and change me and make me more like Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and change me and make me more like Jesus. So more and more, we will become people who are slow to anger, people who are interruptible, people who are compassionate, people who are like him for his glory. Amen. So good. Thank you so much, Meg. Um, keep those rounds of applause going. What we're going to do, we're going to um, hear from three and then we're going to have a bit of space uh, to kind of res- to reflect and respond. Does that sound good? Um, uh, could you give a big 6pm woo and holler for Gigi? Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm liking this, let's go. So, my name's TJ. Um, I'm part of the team here at St. Mary's. Um, First, we're going to start off with a bit of a call and response. Um, So, basically, I'm going to say, God is good. Then you're going to say, all the time. I will say, all the time. And then you'll say, God is good. Okay, let's give it a try. God is good. And all the time. Okay, let's do it again. God is good. And all the time. Amen. (laughs) But wait up. Doesn't that sound a bit too simple to you? Because surely it does to me. Because life just isn't that simple. For those that don't know me, I'm Malawian. I was born there, and that's what I call home. A bit about my story. I was abandoned as a newborn baby, um, and then found and taken to a hospital. I then grew up in an orphanage for the first two years of my life. So what does this mean? I could have been adopted into any family in the world. I could have ended up somewhere way better than Southampton. Let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Miami would have been nice. (laughs) But I um, I was at the mercy of whoever wanted to adopt me. But I was adopted into a family who loved the Lord and God had other plans. You might think that this might be a good ending to being adopted, but as a black boy growing up in a white family, I couldn't escape the fact that I was not a part of my birth family. I still don't know anyone from my birth family, not a single person. 
the pain some days is overwhelming. As you can see, I have lots of questions about my life. I suspect you do about yours. There are situations in life and you have no idea why they have happened. You cry out to God and ask, why me? So now let's see what God promises us. So just as we started, from just as we started, God is good. And all the time. Should we do it again? God is good. And all the time. Now we're going to look at a verse in the Bible written by David, who has a much deeper understanding of what this actually looks like. Psalms 23:4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. The shepherd has two tools, one to protect the sheep from harm and another to rescue its sheep when it gets into difficulty. When we're in a dark place, God knows what we need and he'll lead us through, however difficult the situation appears to us. Even in the darkness, God is still there with you. Whether you're suffering with anxiety, depression, PTSD, or mental health struggles, God is there. Whether you feel that God has not been faithful to you, whether you're questioning, why am I in so much pain? Even though these are things we might suffer with today or have suffered with, I promise you that God is with you in your situation and you can pray to him. In Joshua 1.9 it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. That is exactly what God has promised Joshua and we can still apply this to our days. But we can still apply this today to ourselves. Because the command is simple, but the reality is hard. I've experienced great faithfulness, and you can too. A famous theologian once said, life must be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. As I've grown, I've begun to understand how, God's difficult, how, does, how God can use difficult experiences that I've been through to help others, and for me to draw him nearer to him. I still can't understand it. I still can't understand all of it. But the fact that I can see just a little bit of it gives me hope for the future. There's a reason for what I've been through. It isn't easy to work out right now. Um, it isn't easy for me to work out right now. There have been people that God has put into my life to help me understand my story better. I have loving parents, I have therapists, I have a therapist, I have great friends, and I've had teammates over the past. But in the time that I first felt, but it was this time when I first felt the true love of God that it brought me the deepest healing. Just as God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord God is with you wherever you go. The command is simple, but the reality is hard. So even through the pain and struggle of life, just as we said from the start, God is good. And all the time. Amen. Thank you. Absolutely brilliant. So, so encouraging. Um, and finally, would you give a last big whoop to Freddie Ellis? Whoop, 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 whoop. A few weeks ago, I was worshipping in this very room. And in the lead up to that Sunday, I'd felt the weight 
of my world on my shoulders. I was carrying all of my burdens, the pressures at work, my finances, my dreams, my hopes, my aspirations, my failures and my shortcomings. The band led us that evening in a song called Not By Might, a declaration of the power of God's spirit, not our own. God's power, not our own. I felt the arms of the Father wrap around me that evening. As I felt all of those burdens fall off of me, and I was in awe of God's faithfulness towards my life. This evening, I want to explore with you the topic of faithfulness, and specifically God's faithfulness. And how do you and how do we live our lives in the full knowledge that God is faithful? That he has a plan for your life, for my life, for your dreams and aspirations and everything in between. And I won't read out, I would love to share a psalm with you. It's Psalm 91. And I won't read out the full psalm, but I encourage you to read it this week. The psalmist David wrote this as a declaration of God's faithfulness. Psalm 91 verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield. I'd love to tell you about David's life, the psalmist. He went on quite a spectacular journey. And it looks something like this. From a young age, David was a shepherd and a musician. He nailed Goliath with a sling and a stone, and he was made king of Judah. And later on, he was made king of Jerusalem. He was pretty successful, and he was pretty powerful, and he was a good leader. He had a big army, and he did things well. But then... He fell short. He slept with Bathsheba, the wife of one of his soldiers. And to cover it up, he set that man up to be killed. He set Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, to be murdered in war. He put God on the sidelines of his life and he trusted in his own power and his own strength. Later in Samuel, he got on his knees. He repented to God. And he said, God, I give you my life as a living sacrifice. And after all of that, God restored him. And God called him a man after his own heart. God was faithful. David made some pretty catastrophic life decisions. From a young age, you could say he was pretty blessed by God. I imagine he was one of those blokes who could do everything. You know, you get those people in church. Um, they can sing, they can play guitar, G, C, and D. They can do pretty much anything. You look at them and you think, flip me, you have got it all sorted. <laughs> you seriously have. What can't you do, fella? <laughs> Yet, yeah, like we all do, he fell short, tempted by sin, made some bad decisions. But at the end of it, God was faithful. Maybe you resonate with David's life. Maybe there's powerful evidence in your life of God's blessing and favour over your life at times. 
And there are times where you've put God on the sideline, where you've relied on your own strength for a moment. When things are going well, you thought, oh, cheers, God, I've got this at the right time. I've got it right now, cheers, God. Perhaps you feel you can't get it right at the moment, that your sin is far too big for God, that there's, you've gone too far, that he won't forgive you and forget about that. Maybe you just think, count me out, God, I don't understand it. Maybe right now you're really unsure if God's even real. Maybe you feel the concept of faithfulness in your life is far from it. The famous theologian Charles Spurgeon said, the glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin of ours has ever made him unfaithful. The glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin of ours has ever made him unfaithful. David's story reminds us, it reminds you that you are not the worst thing that you have ever done. That you are not the worst thing that you have ever done. That doesn't define you. God's faithfulness defines you. He's faithful to his promise to forgive you, to restore you, to give you grace. It's in his character and it's who he is. David's life of highs and lows, the powerful testimony of how God was faithful in the midst of what you're going through right now, the highs and lows of life, I encourage you to remind yourself of God's faithfulness daily and remind yourself of your heavenly father and the everlasting faithfulness he has towards you. If you can grasp that this evening, that God is faithful and his promises remain the same day after day, that he has your life in his hands, that he has a plan for your life, he carries your burdens, He's faithful when you fall short and he's faithful when you're on the mountaintop. If you can grasp that today, your life and the way you live it will never be the same. To come back to where we started, God was faithful to David even though he made some pretty poor decisions in his life. But the good news is that God's faithfulness to David back then is the same as it is today. It doesn't change. For he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. The song I mentioned earlier goes a little bit like this. Not by might, not by power, but my spirit, says the Lord. I lift my eyes, I lift my burdens to the one who holds it all. And I'll tell my soul to let it go. Because God alone is in control. Amen.